Welcome back to the Mental Status Podcast. This is a podcast created by psychology students for psychology students. We're your hosts, Yash. And I'm Josh. We aim to demystify the unknowns of studying psychology and share our insights along the way. Okay, so shall we do our mental status then? Let's do it. Okay, do you want to go first or should I? You can go first. I just wanted to say... The most massive thank yous to every single person who has listened to any of the first three episodes, but listened to us in releasing this podcast. It's Mm. been the most surreal experience for the both of us. The positive feedback and people messaging us and emailing us and leaving, you know, five-star reviews on Spotify and Apple and things like that. It's just been incredible. And yeah, we just feel so grateful Mm. and I feel so lucky that Mm. people do appreciate and value this. Because as we've talked about, it can be so, it can be so hard to gauge people's reactions to things. You don't know whether what you're making is something which you find interesting or other people find interesting. If anything, well, I know that I like looking. These are the stuff that we would have wanted to know. So mm. when writing it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is really good. Like I find it interesting, but you just there's always that element. There's of, a second guessing, isn't there? Yeah. And you're like, oh, but why? You know, why me? Why would people want to listen to me? Yeah. And, it's been an amazing experience mm-hmm. and I just wanted to say thank you to everyone. Yeah, and for me, as you all know through my mental status updates, these past few months have been incredibly difficult personally and, you know, in regards to uni and the combination of both, I suppose. And every week has been really difficult to get through. Um, but I always look forward to Sunday, which is when Josh and I do some planning and record some episodes. And that's just kind of kept me going. We usually start the day with French toast as well. (laughs) Most of the French toast keep me going. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just been something that the fact that people find it helpful and useful in their own journeys just keeps me really motivated and it sometimes I look back on this experience and I'm like oh, why did I pull myself through this like this is really painful and it's just a, a lot at times but things like that really remind me that okay actually this is where I'm supposed to be I'm able to do good with where I'm at um so thank you so much for giving me like life and meaning purpose yeah. it, it is so incredibly <laughs> motivating and validating mm. to receive yeah, just some of the, the kind messages. So to everyone who has messaged, because I'm not sure, have you even had a chance to get back to uh, everyone yet? Not really, no. So to everyone who has messaged, we've seen them and they have, we've probably shared them between us. Yeah. They've meant so much. So thank you. It's motivating. And I just wanted to say that we want to keep bringing value. We are only just starting in the sense that, you know, we're learning how to talk on a microphone and learning mm. how to edit podcasts we're learning how to plan these episodes in a way that is digestible and useful and hopefully still interesting. Mm. So in my mind, I think that these episodes are only going to get more valuable and there's a lot to like about the episodes we have to come. Those who have given us ideas for what directions to go in, whether it's talking about honours, whether it's talking about masters and applications and interviews. Mm. Yeah, we have a lot of exciting things to come. Yash's journey through psychology. Mm. Yeah, so... Thank you again, and that that's all I have to say. 
Yes, and if we haven't responded to a particular email or message, we are very sorry, but yeah, we'll, we'll be sure to, especially when we have more downtime after this peak period of Masters is over, we'll definitely be getting back yeah. to all those messages. Peak Masters period and also podcast publishing. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty hectic, but yeah. we really appreciate everything and all the support. It makes me very emotional. <laughs> <laughs> This is a pretty exciting episode because we'll be talking about the undergraduate degree in psychology or a bachelor's degree, whatever you want to call it. If you haven't listened to our first episode, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it because we talk about the pathway to becoming a psychologist. So we go through step one, step two, step three, and an optional step four. So to get the context, you can go back to listen to that and then... In this one, we'll be doing more of a deep dive into step one. Yeah, exactly. Undergraduate psychology. So if you're listening to this, you might be a high school student or someone who's looking perhaps for a change in career and and wants to go back and study psychology, or you might already be in the degree. And if so, I think wherever you are, this will be a really helpful episode. We've made it to the other side of the degree, so we'll share our experience, our insights, and what we think you really gain from an undergraduate in psychology. Yeah, we'll touch on what might be expected from studying it, what you might learn, what we can remember learning, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, the entry requirements, and maybe even a little bit of where to from there. Let's get into it. Let's start with the entry requirements. So I had a brief look around at some universities, but it varies depending on each uni. So I think at QUT, you needed a 75 ATAR. Griffith Uni, these are all in in Queensland, by the way. You needed a 79. University of Queensland, you needed an 88. Um, I think when I got in, it was like in the 80s at Monash Uni. I don't really remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mine was a completely different system, but I would say that the University of Queensland one is probably higher because it has the attached honours year. That's true. Yeah. So essentially, I would recommend looking up at universities that you want to go to or near you and perhaps, yeah, looking at the entry requirements and the prerequisites because they can change like uni to uni. Um, For me, I had to do just English as a prereq for mine. What about yours? I honestly can't remember, but I was just going to say that, um, like you said in a previous episode, if you don't understand any of this, then it's pretty easy to just call up the university and Mm. clarify some of that information. Yes. I worked as a future student success officer, which at Monash University. So I would get calls from students who wanted to study at the university and they would just ask me like questions about the course and things like that. And we obviously had like templated answers that we we would speak from, but it was still a good way to get a little bit more insight into the degree. Okay. And now that we have an idea of entry requirements. Actually, I have another question. How do you choose what bachelor, how did you choose what bachelor degree you went into? Why did you pick QT? I don't think I had the OP to get into the University of Queensland program, which I probably would have taken. Mm. And frankly, I'm very glad that I didn't in the end, because I have had a great experience at QUT for the most part. Mm. But yeah, that one was based on the fact that I probably had a bit of a conception of QUT and UQ being the the, the big universities in Queensland mm. and they were my preferences. I think Griffith may have been just behind that. What about you? Why did you pick Monash to do your undergraduate degree? 
Well, mine was pretty more of a convenience thing as well. Monash was 20 minutes away from my house, so it was Ooh. closer. Yeah, so it was 20 good. 20 minutes. That's right. So I could just drive there and it was good. Um, also, my sister went to Monash, so it just seemed like a good place to go. Also, Monash had some pretty good like scholarship and equity options, to be honest. So yeah, that's where I went. I was considering University of Melbourne, but they had just like a Bachelor of Arts and Monash had that guaranteed entry into honours. So that was very attractive to me. So I went there. So it was nothing about the fact that it was a Bachelor of Arts. It was more that it had the the ease of access into doing the honours, mm. assuming you met the grade mm-hmm. threshold. Yeah. Okay. I have another question. Now, at the end of, you know, coming out of ba- your bachelor's, is there anything that you would like people to know if they were selecting what course they were going into? So does it matter what uni you go into? Like, why would you choose one program over the other? I would say that it doesn't make a significant difference based on the competencies that you'll mm. end up with, based on the qualifications that you'll end up with. Um, as we've probably talked about before, they all meet the same APAC accreditations and that is the key thing. Mm. So what it probably comes down to is, well, if there's a university which you, one, have some logistical preferences for, like living 20 minutes from one, if you have one where you might want to continue on and study at the honours there, you have an interest in something, some people might even have an interest in particular research that's conducted there, mm. then that might be some reasons. That's a really good point, actually. Each university, usually how it works is they have like certain lab groups or different, like for example, at Monash, they were huge on sleep. And so if you were a student that was really interested in sleep, then that would be potentially a good place to go for your bachelor's because you'd have more exposure to that content because I think every university in their bachelor's has a bit of flavor from what they research right because it's those academics who are teaching you in undergrad yeah we had a lot of um car safety research I think it's called cars Q at QT yeah so yeah if you have a particular area of interest in your research which will be very impressive if you're just starting a psychology degree but yeah that could be a driving factor behind it Mm-hmm. What do you think? Have I missed anything there for why you would pick one uni over the other? No, nope. I think they all pretty much get you to the same place. So, yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about what you can expect to gain from an undergraduate degree in psychology. The textbook answer is it's a foundational knowledge and it will provide you an introduction to psychology theory and concepts, which then you can apply later on in your career as a psychologist or a scientist. But... Josh, I want you to put yourself back in the shoes of 17 to 21-year-old Josh. What did you get out of this undergrad experience? I mean, do you mean in relation to the actual content or do you mean in the grand scheme of things? Both. Okay. Well, in regard to the content, I can recall learning a lot about the theories and models and different conceptualizations of human psychology a lot about the different researchers that are out there and how they have been um, seminal and foundational in the progression of the field and this area of research. The big dogs in psychology. Yeah, the the big dogs. (laughs) Yeah. Who all happen to be like old white men. (laughs) Yeah, except Melanie Klein is really holding down the team. I know. And as the years sort of progressed, I think it probably branched off a little bit into the different areas. Yeah, it gets more specialised as you go on. Yeah, so you kind of get a chance to see the different 
areas of psych that are out there. So social psych and organizational psych, health psychology, forensic psychology. So yeah, you get a bit more of the specific skills and yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely the things that I can, I can recall, I suppose. Maybe some of the, the clinical content as well, closer to what it means to be a psychologist. So yeah. alcohol and other drug studies and... Like um, you do a bunch of counselling. We did counselling stuff where you did the role plays and stuff. Yeah, we had some counselling units as well. But um, yeah. What about you? What can you recall from your undergrad degree? I think the biggest thing that I got from my undergrad degree was core research skills that then underlie a career in academia. So in undergrad, you do assignments like literature, literature reviews, which is basically where you read a bunch of articles or journal articles written by researchers and then condense it into like a review of that specific topic area. We did lab reports, which were where you'd run an experiment, analyse data and put that into a report form. And then we did critical analysis um, stuff where you would look at the research that exists, it's published, that is like legit, and then you would kind of pick it apart and look at it from a critical lens, which I think is a really big skill you learn from university in general, just not taking things as face value and really like using your understanding and judgment and common kind of sense to, yeah, just see, is this really what it is shaped out to be, you know? Now, on the other side, it's clear to me that all these skills that we've been learning have been building towards a final product of like a journal article. Yeah. Josh, what is a journal article? I would say a journal article is kind of a real synthesised piece of research where someone's conducted some form of study. Who's the someone though? A researcher. Yeah, like an academic. Yeah, an academic, someone at the university, conducted an experiment, written it up and really synthesised it into something that's really digestible and they've sent it out to these academic journals for publishment if they are deemed to be of a high enough standard. Mm. So they're, they're not always perfect, but they are, at the very least, if they've been published, you know that they're to a probably more reliable or a higher standard. Yeah, and like publications are kind of like currency, like you want more publications and you want publications with like high enough citations. And so I think going into a career in academia, that's something that you really lean on, having those publications. And um, yeah, even with like getting into masters, people are like, you have a publication that helps, but... Yeah, and I would also say with those research skills... They're needed in the, the clinical side as well because mm. you need to have those research skills when it comes to evidence-based practice and making sure that you are working from a, a scientist-practitioner model. So it comes into play whether you're going to become a practicing psychologist or a researching psychologist. Yeah. So those are the skills that have grown exponentially for me from doing undergrad. Um, and I think... I also learned other skills like time management, so balancing between work and study and and social commitments and all those kind of things. Oh, Josh, I had a question about undergrad. Okay. What theory, because you mentioned that you really got, learned a lot about theories and uh, those kind of core concepts. What's something that really stood out to you? You know, I don't know about this being the most interesting one. But it's, it's the one that really comes back to me whenever I think about this. Yeah. So in my first year, first semester, foundational psychology, <laughs> when we learned about operant conditioning, 
Mm. So for anyone who's not familiar, essentially using reward or punishment to reinforce a behavior. Mm. But I remember the tutor starting the class by going, okay, today we're going to learn how to manipulate people. (laughs) And so that was kind of burnt into my brain. And I'm still here studying it, so I must have worked. That is actually something that really stuck in my mind as well. What was your favorite unit that you did in your undergrad degree? If anyone goes to Monash, you'll probably know Ramesh and the physiology unit that he taught was just, he was such a legend. Like it was actually really freaky. He would remember everyone's names and we had like a class of 200 people, over 200. And he had like thousands of students probably. He remembered everyone's names. That's so impressive. I don't know how he did it. He was super That is, uh, I struggle with five names. Yeah. And he was really like raw and transparent. Like he said that he failed second year and was like, yeah, he was just like a cool guy. I think he still is a cool guy. <laughs> he just was. Something happened. Yeah, I don't know. I, I hope he's still there. But he yeah, taught physiology and I think physiology is so important in psych and, and I have always been a bio, physio, physiology. Bio, psychosocial. Yeah, girly. So, yeah, I really, I really enjoy that unit and that's something that I still use to this day. Okay. And what else were you doing while you were studying? Were you working? Did you have much of like a social life? Did you do much in terms of like extracurricular things? Yeah, good question. So work-wise, always had a bunch of jobs. So, I mean, first year I just did retail. I worked at Coles and Lawn & Chain, the worst experience of my life. Um, yeah, and then I started working at the university where I did kind of student wellbeing jobs, which I think helped me with my psych applications because I could kind of spin that to be relevant. Um, so yeah, I was always juggling a part-time job. I think second year and third year, I worked like close to full-time hours. Like I was working a lot. Um, but in addition to that, I think social wise, like, I mean, I lived kind of like kind of ages away from the city and like all the cool stuff would happen in the city and inner city. So I didn't really actually go out that much, to be honest. I went to like social events, like the Indian and like Sri Lankan events and some other stuff I forgot M triple C I think I don't even know anyways I went to a bunch of like events and like your boat cruises and whatever socially I also played social sport which was a really big highlight of uni actually we played social netball that was really fun it was really stressful like having to organize a team and get everyone to pay on time but whatever it was still really fun um extracurricular wise I did like access Monash mentoring whereas mentoring um students from a low SES background. So yeah, that was probably a huge highlight of, of my undergrad experience. And I did a lot of research assistant work and volunteering for a lab, which was good because that led to my honours project, which then led to a job later on. Yeah, that's all. That's pretty much it. I think it's good though. I mean, yeah, no, I'm a big advocate for expanding your world and doing as many things as you can sort of manage. I will say that that differs for every person. I mean, even with your workload alone, I'm sure there'd be some people who might not be able to manage working as much as you did in second and third year. But And masters. However much capacity you have to expand your world and do more things, I think that's, that's unreal. Yeah, thanks. What about you, Josh? I had a few different jobs as well. I probably didn't work anywhere near as much as you, but I worked in hospitality and did some bartending and general events work. I think at the very beginning, I was doing some manual labor work. I was a a pottery merchandiser. So I made the garden pots look pretty at Bunnings. 
Yeah, it was a big job. <laughs> yeah, you did. A metal pole, like, fell on your eye. Yeah, it gave me some lovely scar. It was like a little scar near his eye. Little, you know, I tell people I got in fights. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I also worked doing a little bit of administration. As far as extracurricular activities go, I didn't have a heap, but I did towards the end do some volunteering at Lifeline mm. and had a few different roles there. And I think that that definitely contributed to my, I guess, my progression through psychology and having that experience. Mm. I guess the last one, socially, that would probably be my biggest one. I, You're I, a social guy. I, I enjoyed my university years. Nothing crazy, but like I just got to hang out with friends a lot and do lots of different Traveling. things. I got to travel to different places. I went to Malaysia with a girl that I met at uni and... That sounds really... <laughs> a, a friend. A friend. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just... I definitely could have worked more, but I think I was probably not of the mindset, not of the awareness that that was a possibility or a good option. I kind of was spending my time perhaps enjoyably, but not overly productively. Mm. Nah, but I think it's... I think undergrad is such a good opportunity because you're out of like the jail that is high school (laughs) I'm kidding but it's you know that really strict schedule and you have so much flexibility you can really like make it what you want which is really amazing and it's less stress than the latter years of like masters and less financial responsibility for some people yeah I know Um, that identity development is meant to be in those Mm. early years but geez it seems like it would happen during like your undergrad when you have that little bit more time perhaps but you know the space to be able to explore the different aspects of yourself exactly are you a completely different person from first year josh yeah (laughs) same i'm a completely different person from high school josh but i'm talking about like in the undergrads in the space are you are you different to that person like did you go yeah i think as a result though i'm just saying as a result of those undergrad years the difference between third year josh and High school Josh was immense. Mm. Yeah, I remember like going into uni and being like, oh my God, like university, like this is crazy. And I had all this time and I was like, yeah, indulging in my interests. I started like going out and exploring new places, gaining more independence. It was a really nice experience actually and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's cool. Did you feel that your undergrad degree prepared you for honours and prepared you for masters and even becoming a psychologist? Uh, if I'm being honest, it didn't. Um, I really wish that undergrad had more opportunity to do those practical skills. I loved how it really gave you an insight into the research world. And I feel like I was well set up for the research side of things. But when it came to practical things, no, I know a lot of universities now offer a placement option, which I think is fantastic. And I think every university should do that. So people get to trial, you know, what is actual psychologist work going to look like before I get into it? Because yeah, otherwise you don't know. And I think going into masters, feeling very underprepared, underseasoned to be able to take on this work, it was a very rude awakening. So theoretically, yes, scientifically, yes, but practically, no. You'd have to get that experience on your own from my from my journey, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it any better than that. I agree completely. I, even from the other side, as someone who's marked assignments, you get to see some amazing progression 
in the quality of work and they really do get to this great standard by those those later years and some people hit the ground running but of course at least for me there wasn't a great opportunity to develop any practical psychology skills when you think about being a psychologist and providing therapy but you're right I think that there was a placement unit implemented either in my later years or after I'd left and that would have been a great opportunity. So I would highly, mm. highly encourage anyone, if you aren't working and getting experience in that space, it would be amazing to be able to do that placement exactly. unit and, yeah, just see what it's like. Make sure you actually like the direction that you're going. Make sure that you're getting an experience of what it could be like one yeah. day if you do enter this field. And when you're on placement, like asking the psychologists and asking whoever's there on, on site with you, like what do you do day to day? Like obviously you know, be appropriate with it, but like, you know, ask them some questions to, to try and understand what they're doing, like observe what they're doing and really reflect on, you know, is this something I would see myself doing? Is this something I enjoy? Um, but I think it's such a great opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Uh-oh. <laughs> but this is a question that I've been asked in my classes and I have no doubt that you've been asked this. Uh-huh. For someone who's currently doing the undergraduate degree and they want to become a psychologist, what can they do during their undergrad, maybe besides the experience and placement that we touched on? Mm. Do you have any tips for what they could do to prepare for those later years? That's a really good question. That's 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 a hard one to answer. So not including experience and getting Not that. including experience. I'll give an unpopular option, but... I think especially going into our chat GPT era where I have no doubt a lot of students will be able to cut corners to quite a strong degree. While that that may be beneficial in the short term, that probably will be yeah, harmful in the long term. I think really dedicating yourself to learning the actual skills involved. So learning how to understand and interpret research and then describe that And once you've got those core foundational skills, you can apply it in any context. Mm. That is something that you can get during the undergraduate degree, whether Mm. you're going to your lecturers or tutors or the people who have marked your assignments and finding out how you can actually improve those writing skills. Mm. That will set you up really well so that at least when you hit honours or the grad diploma, the fourth year, whatever you do, you have the skills required to be able to go and write that thesis and you're not learning it as you go Mm. so that'll set you up well it's something you'll always need anyway so keep that in mind when you're doing your undergraduate assessments i thought of mine go on it kind of plugs us as well but um (laughs) those study skills and 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 really honing in on those um yes yeah yes 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 so we did a whole dedicated episode on this so go back and listen to that because i think undergrad and preparing yourself to become a psychologist and to and to go further in that career it's really important that you get those skills down pat and that you use this time to really explore what works for you and what doesn't so we've given our insights on that episode so yeah go ahead and listen to that you might find it helpful yeah i would just say that's that's such a good one because Mm. i didn't study as much during undergrad but it was still a lot of time and Using the skills that I have now, I think, Mm. where I'm able to, you know, when I'm doing well, engage that workflow and get into the thick of it, I would have saved so much time during Mm. undergrad. So there will get a time where you need to be more efficient with your time, whether it's because of 
other demands, whether it's because of just the amount of study volume. So trying to get as efficient in your studying and effective as possible. I mean, they're just, they're skills you'll need. Exactly. Our podcast episode is a good starting point. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's everything we wanted to cover today. So thank you again for listening. We hope you found this helpful. If you want to hear more from us, follow me on TikTok. You can support me there. Um, I post videos about, you know, being a psych student, going through unpaid placement, and I dish a lot of dirt on there, I think. Just going through a cost of living crisis. Yeah, yeah. I make some videos on that as well. Um, So if you want to check me out, Aussie Psych Student on TikTok. If you want to get in touch with us at the podcast, we're open to sponsors. Um, But, you know, just in general, you can email us at <laughs> mentalstatuspodcast at gmail.com. Just in case Moleskin Notebook's listening. Oh, yes. I love <laughs> you. Please love me back. We probably, we probably shouldn't <laughs> say this stuff for free yet. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, we uh, have mixed feelings about you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's everything. All right. Happy to leave it there. Yes. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>